Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. Do you, do you believe that these things right here have changed our lives? Do you believe that? That they've changed our lives. So much so that when we look at these pictures, they sort of give us a, an idea of how they've changed our lives. It seems like when you walk into a room, that's all you see is the top of some, someone's head, isn't it? Isn't it amazing how that is? Then look at people on this bus. And we, before we put the next picture up, I want to share that one. Those people on that train. I read a story this week of how that uh, when people were uh, in Boston, they got on the train and a guy got on there, the security camera showed a guy get on and pull out a gun three times, but nobody even noticed it because they were all looking at their phones. Then you see people walking and trying to, they're looking at their phones constantly. And then we see also families trying to have dinner together. And it's amazing how that, oh, you know, we're having dinner together, but we're not together because everybody's on their device. Amen. And then, of course, dating now has changed that it's hard to date without someone doing this. You know, and what's even more horrible is that couples go to bed with their phone. I mean, it's like they go to bed, I mean, literally go to bed with it. I may be speaking to you. I don't know, but, but let me tell you something. When couples are going to bed with their phone, they can't go to bed with each other. All right, let's just leave it at that. You see what I'm talking about? I mean, it's crazy. And I just say, listen, this message today is not just for you, it's for us. Because I struggle with mine as well. I mean, it's, this, this device can be very distracting. And all of us have one. So I want us to do something today. Would you take your phone out? Now, unless you're taking notes on your device, I want to challenge you to something, a spiritual act today, all right? I want you to hold that one button down until something comes up that says power off. <laughs> Would you, and then leave your phones out, okay? And we're going to use them today. But some of, you are, are some of you are hyperventilating now. I can see it as we talk about powering it off. Oh, oh my goodness, what if, what if? It's, I want you to get used to that. It feels good after you get over the little shakes, you know. <laughs> Knowing that this device is distracting and it tries to control me, I want you to do something. Would you just hold up your phone right now? Just hold it up. We're going to make a statement today that we got to be reminded of. You got it up? Would you say these words with me? Jesus is Lord. Come on, let's say it. Come on, hold them up. Let's say it again. Jesus is Lord. One more time. Jesus is Lord. There you go. Now you can put them down. You're going to need to, you're going to, you're going to, need to be reminded of that. Because this device tries to be Lord. Would you agree with that? When, it's, when you can't do without it. Have you ever seen a young person lose their phone? <laughs> Have you ever experienced that? I mean, it's freak out time. How do you get somewhere? I don't know. <laughs> it's crazy. So I want to talk about being a disciple in the digital age. How do we do this? 
The first thing I want to do is I want to give you three hazards to watch out for. And listen, as, I, as we've got this series, Parenthood, so parents, I'm talking to you. And I want to talk to every young person in the room as well. I guarantee you, if you, there's no way you can leave this room today and say that message wasn't for me. No, it's for all of us, every one of us. It's not, man, they should have been here. No, it's for you and me. The first one I want to tell you, the spiritual hazard of your smartphone is, number one, is wasting time. Wasting time. It's amazing how much time we can waste on these things with things that don't matter. It's amazing how we can just, you know, scroll and see what everybody else's business is, is and comparing ourselves to them and feel bad about ourselves. It's amazing how we can look at the latest YouTube videos on here and get on a rabbit trail with all that happening. And it, 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 it's amazing how that, you know, we can get on Candy Crush. Okay, yeah. I'm getting grandmama right now. That's right. He might be on the iPad or whatever. But, and it's amazing how, you know, we spend so much time on TikTok. Because we caught grandmama and she's got, all these, she's got all these likes on TikTok. You know, it's amazing. It's amazing how we can waste so much time on these things. So much for, so that the average American spends two hours and 54 minutes a day on their phone. Do you know that's 44 days a year? 44 days a year on this phone. Do you know that we look at these phones over 90 times a day? What I'm trying to tell you is that we no longer have this device. This device has us. And it has spiritual implications, and we must be careful. And, and God knew this time was going to come. That's why he had it written in his word. Look what he says here. In Ephesians 5, 15, he says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as what, everybody? Unwise, but as wise, making the best use of your what? Because the days are evil. I want to ask you something. Do you think it's wise to spend two hours and 54 minutes a day on this phone. Nobody's doing anything. Nobody's moving right now. <laughs> Let me ask you that question. Do you think it's wise to spend almost three hours a day on this phone? No. Absolutely not. None of us, it's not wise to do it. It's very unwise. And so we have to become aware of what's happening with us. Now, the thing about our smartphones is this. It they're great about helping us connect. But the problem is, is that, you know, it helps us connect with people that are far away. I mean, it's like, wow, we connect with people far away. But the problem with this device is that it sort of makes us ignore the person right beside us. See what I'm saying? We're so interested in connecting with that person that's far away that we miss the opportunity to connect with the person right beside us. And so we have to be careful of how we use this. So be careful that we don't waste time with it. So in order to help you do that, I want to sear something in your mind. So I have this connection card. I'm asking everybody to check this box on the back of the connection card. It says, I will limit time on my phone to be closer to my family. I devil dog dare you to check that box. Because, see, either 
Either you're going to be more time on this and further away from your family, or you're going to spend less time on this and be closer to your family. And I would just challenge you, why don't you put some no phone zones in your house? Maybe that when you're having a meal together, why don't you just say, this is a no phone zone right here. And mom and dad, you have to lead the way. And I want to challenge you to do so. Okay, let's talk about the next one. The next one is this. Number two I would share with you is this. is being seduced by the world's values. Being seduced by the world's values. That's what this phone enables more than ever for us to be seduced by the world's values. You see, whatever gets your attention gets you. Let me say that again. Whatever gets your attention gets you. And there's a lot of things that want our attention. Amen? And there's a lot of things on here that are not good that try to get our attention. You know, uh, the Bible says this. Look what he says. 1 John 2, 15. He says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, look at this, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. So let's talk about those three things. He says the lust of the flesh, that's pleasure. And, and let me tell you something. You're, you have cravings. The, you know, the Bible says be filled with the Spirit so you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. In other words, if, you, if, it's left, if God is not in your life, you're going to do things that are harmful to you just because your body wants to do it. And this thing right here knows what every one of those is. Amen? Amen? He said, oh, not me. Yes, you and me. I don't know about you, but, but this thing tries to send me images that I shouldn't look at. That, see, I, that's why I don't have any passwords on my phone because, like, I, you know, my wife has access to it. My Misa, my assistant, has access to it. And, uh, you know, there's two or three in the office that I have to give them my phone to do certain things with because I don't know how to work it. So, so there's somebody always looking at my phone. And, and I have to have that accountability in my life because when they send those things to me, I will be tempted to look. Now, some of you young people look and say, man, you're an old man. You, you think about that stuff still uh, draws your attention. I'm not that old. <laughs> I don't know that I will ever be that old that some things aren't attracted to me. Amen? Amen. And you just quit looking like, oh, not me. Yes, you, all of us. And I'm just saying, whatever it is in your world, this thing, it will, it's amazing. It just will send stuff your way that will get your attention that, that's not good for you. Amen? And especially for our children. And so, the, so he says, so the pleasure, so that's the thing that our, our flesh wants to do. And then he goes on and he says this. He says, uh, the uh, possessions, he's like the lust of the eye, the possessions. It always is telling you what you don't have. There's always an advertisement telling you what you don't have and how, how much better your life would be if you had this. Matter of fact, you was fine until you saw that advertisement. And once you saw the advertisement, then you've got to have it. And all of a sudden, you, you know, you go into debt to get what you don't have. And it's just amazing how this knows. And a matter of fact, I turned mine off so it wouldn't be sending me ads of today, after today. Oh, you know, yours doesn't do that. It seems like when I'm around mine talking about it, all of a sudden I'll see an ad for something. I don't know. Maybe that's coincidence. I don't know. Yeah. 
And then the, the, the last one, he said, the pride of life. And the pride of life is this. It says, you know, I must appear important. I, I, I've, got to, I've got to appear to be important. I've got to be noticed. And see, sometimes we can want to be so noticed that we forget about God. Matter of fact, we would say this. The, the epitome of pride is this. It says, you know what? I don't need you. And that's pretty much when we live our lives based on the things that this world keeps uh, throwing at us. We ignore God. And when we ignore God, we're saying, I don't need you. And see, our kids are getting fed this all the time. And so moms and dad, I'm saying, let us do better with these things so we can set the example for our children. Amen, everybody. Look at 1 John 2, 17. The world and everything in it, the world and everything in it that people desire is what, everybody? It's passing away. But those who do the will of God live forever. That's amazing. We're going to live forever. See, this is all about the things that are temporary. Everything on here is going to pass away. But guess what? You get an opportunity to live forever. But he says it's not everybody that lives forever. It's those who do the will of God. And the only way you will ever do the will of God is you have the Spirit of God inside of you. You know, the Bible says that, that we are dead without Christ. In other words, like, you know, on, on death row, there was a time in our history when a, a person was on death row that they were going to, they'd been scheduled to execution day. That when they were scheduled that day, when people would see them walk by, they say, dead man walking. Dead man walking, dead man walking. Even though he was alive, he was dead because they knew that he had a date to die. And I want to tell you that without Jesus Christ, you are a dead man walking, you're a dead woman walking, and you're a dead teenager walking, amen? Because without Christ, you're not alive on the inside. You'll never be alive. And so that's why without Jesus, you'll never be alive. And that's why we invite Jesus to come in our life. Then he, our spirit comes alive. And when your spirit's alive in Christ, you will never die. Even though this physical body lays down, this spirit life will live on in heaven forever. Amen, everybody? And that's what's exciting. And so I don't want anybody in this room or anybody that's watching online, I don't want anyone to be a dead person walking. So right now we're going to stop. And we're going to pray. And the way that you come alive in your spirit is you ask Jesus Christ to come live inside of you. And you say, well, Pastor, I don't understand that. That's all right. I didn't understand it all either. And I still don't understand it all. But I can tell you what, it changed my life. Amen, everybody? And it started with a prayer. So would you bow your heads with me? And if you want to come alive in Christ today, if you just say this prayer, you don't have to say it out loud. Dear Lord Jesus, I want you in me. I want to be alive in you. And I need you to save me. Please forgive me of my sins. Come into my life, Jesus. I give myself to you. Amen. Amen. Can we give out a hand for all the people that prayed that prayer? Amen. Now, those of you that prayed the prayer, we want you to just check the box on your connection card that I prayed the prayer to become a Christ follower today because we want to send you uh, something in the mail to help you on your journey. And let me just tell you something. You know, over the last three weeks, we've had over 20 people in this room receive Jesus Christ. Can we say praise God for that, everybody? Amen. Amen. All right. So the third thing is this, 
The third thing, that the hazard we have to watch is getting addicted to the approval of others. Getting addicted to the approval of others. Now, the question that we have, let me bring you back in this. Would you hold your phone up just again? Would you hold your phone up again? Come on, everybody hold it up. Come on. Let's declare Jesus is Lord again. You ready? Come on. Jesus is Lord. Let's do it again. Jesus is Lord. One more time. Jesus is Lord. Amen. So when you pick your phone up, you're going to think Jesus is Lord. That's the goal. I share this with you. The reason that we pick up our phone and look at our phone over 90 times a day is not because we're getting 90 phone calls. We're probably not getting 90 texts. But the reason is because of social media is that we want to see what's going on in social media. And you see that we're so addicted because when we post something on social media, it's like, did anybody like that? And we, we have this anxious moment, like, I posted it, did anybody like it? And this anxiety is running over us, and we look at, oh, whew, thank God, five people liked it. <laughs> Woo! And then, and then, you know, we can't stand it. If five people liked it, but, oh, five likes is no good. That means you don't, nobody likes it. And so then we go, Woo, 20 people. Yes, 20 people. Oh, yes, I'm doing good. Oh, I feel so good. Bing, 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 bing. I got one of these. I got one of these. Woo, they loved it. Oh, they loved it. Oh, they they loved it. It feels, that just, oh, they loved it. Mm. Hey, I got 35 likes and 20 loves. I'm somebody. We're addicted to that feeling of likes. Why is that? Because there's a chemical in our body, it's called dopamine. <clears throat> and we get this feeling when someone says, girl, I like your hair. All of a sudden you go, mm, that feels good. That's called dopamine. Wow, it feels good. It's a real legal drug too. Some of the guys have been working out, they walk around like this. And you go, boy, you've been working out, haven't you? Yeah. Said, you look good. You look just like a worm swallowed a BB. <laughs> if somebody tells you that, that's bad, by the way. Anyways, <laughs> look what the Bible says in Galatians 1 and 10. Paul says this. He said, I'm not trying to win the approval of who, everybody? Of people but of who are you trying to win the approval of because you can't have it both ways can you that's the question you got to wrestle with whose approval am I seeking if you've got to have everybody's approval to where you're addicted to how many likes that I get see 
back when I was a kid coming up, other kids, they would crack on you by talking about your mama. They would say, your mama is so ugly. Your mama so this, your mama so that. And you know, it, was, it would be on when he started talking about your mama. So we had all these mama jokes. Anybody, anybody like remember what I'm talking about? Okay, yeah, yeah, that's right. All right, yeah, there's some of us. But now, it's about your likes. I was with two little boys uh, a little while ago, uh, a couple weeks ago, and I was listening to them talk. And one of them had posted a video on social media. And he said, man, your video stinks. Nobody likes your video. It only had three likes. Three likes. You just got three likes. It stinks. You're no good. You know, you stink. Because you had three likes. Now we're, our kids are known by their likes. So you got to decide who you're concerned about liking you. If you're always concerned about people that you don't know liking you, you're in trouble. Amen, everybody? Let me tell you something. The majority of the people that's liking your stuff hardly even know you. We need to be determined. We need to say, okay, am I concerned about his likes? Amen, everybody? When you live, when you live your life for God likes, and you know what God likes, everybody? God likes it when we love people. You know, we've been talking a lot about that. Biblical love is doing good for other people no matter how I feel. And that means when you, when you ask yourself the question every day, what good can I do for my wife? What good can I do for my husband today? And you do that good, then God goes, bing, 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 bing. <laughs> when, you, when, you ask, when you ask your God, oh, what good can I do for my parents today? Woo! And you do it. Whoa, 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 whoa. All kind of little hearts are going everywhere. Because God loves it when you do good for your parents. God loves it when you do good for your parents. I hope Tyler and Caitlin are watching. <laughs> God loves it when you do good for that person at work who doesn't deserve for you to do good. God loves it when you are kind to that teacher who's having a bad day. God loves it when you're good to that neighbor who's been a problem and it's always going to be a problem, but you love them anyways, you do good. You may not like them, but you do good toward them anyways. You see, that's when God starts seeing all the likes go off. That's when you become more like Jesus, by the way. And that's the goal of life, isn't it? It's not to be liked by everybody else. It's to be loved by the Heavenly Father and liked by Him. Amen? Amen. That's the goal. And our kids need to understand that. And we need to model it. So, I have a next step for you on your card. It says, to feel good, I will ask myself, what good can I do today? And, and what? And what? And what? And do it. It changes everything. When you love your spouse, it changes everything. When you do good for them, no matter how you feel, it changes everything. When you love your parents, when you do good for them, no matter how you feel, it changes everything. It's, it, when you love your children, when, when you love them, when you do good toward them, no matter how you feel, it changes everything. Love changes everything, so we just have to do it. 
Love is not something I just feel. It's something I do. It's something I do. Okay. All right. Now, I want to tell you, give you four ways. I got about six or eight minutes here to give you four ways to use your smartphone for good as a Christian. You ready? Here we go. Number one is this, is connect with God daily through worship and prayer. You can use your smartphone, put a playlist on it, and let the music play. You know, the music sets the mood. Marvin Gaye. Okay, never mind. Let's get spiritual. Psalms, look what it says. Psalms 102 says this, Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Amen? Well, listen, why don't you set the tone in your home? In the morning when you get up, you know, if you're getting the kids up, you know, they're going to be fussy. Well, why don't you just put some worship music on? Amen? When they, when they start getting fussy, turn up. He's a way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper. Just blast that to your children. Amen? Why not, why not on the ride, if you give them a ride to school, why not just put the worship music on? It's amazing. The music sets the mood. It sets the tone. And worshiping God is something that we should start our day with and not just try to end our day with. Amen, everybody? And then the next one is this, is growing grow God by reading or listening to the Bible. Jesus said this in Matthew 4. Jesus said, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And listen, I've heard this a million times. People say, well, Pastor Jeff, I've tried to read the Bible, but I just don't get anything out of it. Let me tell you something. Put that Bible on your phone and you can read it or you can listen to it. Turn off the bad news, turn on the good news. Here's why. Because it's never about what you're getting out of it. It's what's getting in you that matters. Because you're going to need to know when, it, when, it, when, the, when everything seems to be going wrong in your life, you're going to need to know Romans 8, 28. It says that God is working all things together for my good because I love him. Amen? You're going to need to know when it seems like the world is against you. You're going to need to know, Romans 8 and 37, that I am more than a conqueror through him. Amen? You're going to need to know that. You're going to need to know that when life is throwing all it's got at you and it's all seems bad, you need to know 1 John 4 and 4, that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Amen, everybody? You need to know that. And you need to know the 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Amen? He leads me beside the still waters. He makes me lay down in the green pastures. He restores my soul. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemy. My cup runneth over, and surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You you need to know that. Amen. You need to know it. You need to know God's word because let me tell you something. It needs to be in you because when those bad times comes, it can come out of you. All this, that's amazing how they, you know, you say, pastor, well, I can't quote the Bible like that. That's all right. You get it in you. It'll come out. It might not be chapter and verse, but it'll start coming out. Amen, everybody. I'm preaching better than your amen, and that's okay. <clears throat> Number three is serving my church and my community. 
You can use your phone to do that. 1 Thessalonians 5 11 says, therefore, encourage one another. Build each other up, just as in fact you're doing. I want to challenge you. Use your phone to minister to somebody else. You see, get off of all the political garbage. That doesn't help anybody. You know, reading all that junk just makes you more mad. And it's more divisive. Turn that stuff off. And why don't you use your phone to encourage somebody? You see, if you're discouraged, you should encourage somebody because encouraging people are always encouraged people. Did you hear that? Encouraging people are always encouraged people. You know, we've been in 21 days of prayer and, and we've been doing spiritual warfare on our knees. At 6 a.m., a lot of people have been gathered here at 6 a.m. And we've been on our knees praying and praying over your requests and praying over your families and praying God's blessings over you. And I was so troubled this week because I had something in my, my own personal life that was going on and, and I didn't know what to do about it. And I was like, God, I was praying. and I didn't know if he was hearing me. I mean, I'm praying. I'm like, you know, but God, I need you to do something. And as I prayed that prayer and, and I, I left in about middle of the day, I got a text from somebody who had no idea what was going on in my life. But they text me. They text me exactly what I'd been praying for. And they assured me, they had no idea. They assured me that God had heard my prayer. Do you want to, I can't explain what that did to me. I can't explain the, the, how that lifted me up and, and made me realize that God's got his eye on me. And he, he's got his eye on this situation and he's working. Even though I can't see anything, he's working and he's moving. And so use your, use your phone to encourage somebody. Amen. And when you feel it, don't, when you have a thought, don't think, well, that's just my thought. No, if it's encouraging, send it. Send the text, send the message and let them know. That God put you on my mind. And I just want to share this with you. You will never know whose life you just saved. Amen, everybody? Listen, let's turn off all the bad junk and just let, let's, get a, let's, let's forget all the silly games and let's use it for the kingdom of God, amen? Listen, the devil may have meant this for a, to, a tool for evil, but God has meant it for a tool for good, amen? Jesus is Lord. Amen. He's Lord. The fourth thing is this, is share your faith and resources generously by using this device. That's amazing what we can do with these. Let's talk about our being generous. I love what Jesus said in Luke 6, 38. He says, give and it shall be what, everybody? A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured in your lap. For with the measure you use, in other words, don't wait till you receive to give. You go ahead and give and then watch what happens. And it will be measured to you. Look at me, everybody. Everybody look at me. I want to tell you something. I'm going to tell you the truth. You cannot outgive God. You cannot outgive God. Every time I take a shovel and I give, Rhonda and I give, it's amazing. God gets a bigger shovel and he shovels back. See, I used to think, I used to think that, that my, my financial resources that, that I had was like a pie, like this pecan pie you see right here. It's one of my favorite pies. Hallelujah. 
Glory to God, it's almost lunchtime. But see, I, I always think about my pecan pie because my mother-in-law makes a great pecan pie and, and uh, she'll send it home with me sometime. And, and she said, now you can share that with the people in your office. I'm like, I don't want to share that pecan pie. <laughs> and then Rhonda used to say, Jeff's got some pie he's going to bring to y'all. I'm like, why did you say that? <laughs> and see, if I go share a piece of that pie, I'm like, okay, well, I wanna, if I share, you know, this this much then I'm only going to have this much left and then and this gets smaller and smaller and so that's the way I would think about my finances but God no 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 you can't outgive God he says when you give all of that pie away look at this next picture look at this you see that he's got the pie factory God's got the conveyor belt everybody amen he's a pie maker you cannot outgive God and I double dog day to try what and he'll just keep sending those pies down the line amen everybody you say I don't believe it well try it try it prove me wrong because I'm telling you I've tried it and you cannot outgive God it's amazing what he will do look at the next verse with me Acts 1 and 8 we want to share our faith as well but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my what everybody witnesses in Jerusalem Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth look to the ends of the earth everybody to the ends of the earth you can share your faith to the ends of the earth do you know right now there's people overseas that are watching us right now because of this technology what the devil meant for evil, God uses for good. Amen, everybody? Now, let me just tell you something real quickly, and we're going to bring those cards down. I hope you got a name written on them. Jesus never asked you to be a defender of your faith. See, he didn't say that when you share your faith, you got to be a defense attorney. You got to be able to tell everything. You got to be able to defend it. He didn't say defend your faith. He didn't say prove your faith. He didn't say prove that God exists. He didn't say that at all. He just said, be my witnesses. That means that you share what God has done for you. I can't say, it's like the guy in the Bible who was born blind and Jesus healed. He said, all that I know, I was blind and now I can see. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say, I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.